1: Good day, everyone. Jurassic Views, Quina, Bryce Diamond, back at it after another back to back. Just saying the phrase back to back is exhausting me. Uh, the schedule has been so hectic. Uh, it kind of leaves me, yeah, it kind of leaves me breathless how ruthless the schedule is because uh, I'm, I'm talking every day. I'm I'm enunciating I'm I'm projecting uh I'm trying to make up information as best I can and wow like you know am I am I a professional have I had this this kind of training to be able to do uh I guess this is what it feels like to be to be a pro you know this is what these guys go through day in day out uh it's not easy it's not easy my friend
0: not, I mean, absolutely. You know, they, they, see, there's a part of you know the the professional world of sports that people don't understand, man. You know, um, uh, it's it's going from hotels to hotels. It's you know, you know, airplanes. It's you know, you know, pick. You know, going from what from one practice, uh, then to a shoot around to seeing film, and then you know, talking to your. Um, you know, aesthetic consultant, fashion consultant, to know what you're going to wear for the game. You know what I mean? Um, um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Now, are, is, is that our <laughs> daily routine? Absolutely not. But, um, um, but that takes us to uh, the Toronto Raptors, who, you know, if it's, if, it ha- if it's been a rigorous year for any team in the National Basketball League... Uh, association, Um, you know, we got to talk about the Toronto Raptors and, you know, playing in Tampa and having uh, the COVID, you know, uh, public health and safety protocols impacting them around the All-Star break, having players out due to injury, having uh, players suspended quote-unquote due to uh, running
1: out onto the court
0: um behaviors that yeah behaviors that are not in our a, in our a, in aligned with uh you know nba uh protocols and then uh, and then also adding players right near the you know tail end of the season uh, as we've done with uh, cam birch and uh uh new Freddie uh galepsi so uh all that to say one seventeen, one twelve. We won last night. Bryce, thoughts about the game. Thoughts about it, the is history? it safe
1: to say that our team, as it's assembled right now, is leaps and bounds ahead of where we were when Aaron Baines and Alex Len were our centers.
0: Bryce, I. I have to humbly admit that um, in the few games that they've played thus far, that this tandem, big man tandem of Galepsi and Birch have far, far exceeded one, our expectations, and two, allowed me to uh, appreciate what. Right. uh, We're not even talking all star big men, just. A regular n b a rotational big man can provide to a team, and it is shocking that I forgot what it what how it felt to know Serge Ibaka and marcosov were your we were, you, were playing your you know were your centers last year right a solid screen roll catch the ball if you can't if you can't actually um go to the bucket you actually make that cross uh cross court pass uh, you catching the ball, you knowing how to um execute in an offense, how to roll defensively on time, oh my gosh, um, kudos, kudos to these guys because I think uh Ken Birch mentioned in uh, the post game last night that he has yet to have wow. a practice they 've had run throughs, and i 'm sure that the assistant coaches are in his ear and he 's trying to kept, you know read through. The playbook as 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 much as possible but they've never actually had a practice so it's still uh, a steep learning curve and yet he, yeah he, he, he looks Russell great. Ontario couldn't
1: be great. prouder um his mom who apparently is also a podcaster couldn't be prouder um Ken Birch realizing a dream and the Toronto Raptors at center having a revelation uh with Gillespie and Ken Birch I had forgotten what it looked like to have a natural center uh be be athletic <laughs> i forgot what yeah. that was um i just i just yeah. thought that uh yeah. you know if you asked more than being stationary um or asked more than crouching in the block against an embed type center i thought that you were asking too much but now i realize no uh this does exist in the nba that you can have guys who can run catch jump uh have put back dunks uh it, it's it's amazing man it's an absolute revelation huge night for those two guys we won again on the glass we won again on the glass that's two games in a row when's the last time we won two games in a row with at rebounding the other team it's it's incredible
0: I'm, I'm sure I can go into basketball reference and, and, and find the stats, you know, but, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll let others do that. It, it, and we're not inflating, we're not exaggerating, we're not um, uh, extrapolating their numbers, right? Their numbers are, aren't, again, all-star level, but they are essentially what you require from rotational bigs, right? Uh, Galepsi had nine points, eight rebounds, five offensive rebounds, three blocks, a 19 minutes. Uh, and, and, and Cam Birch, as I think this is, was his first start actually in 29 minutes, six for nine from the field for 14 points, six rebounds, um, two offensive rebounds and, uh, and two blocks. So, um, you know, I'm. you know, you look at who we've played. Obviously, we didn't play any of the bigs that are all-stars except Julian Randall on the Knicks. But they, we've played quite well, right? And Vuvicic, uh, my apologies, uh, in the Bulls last Friday, but uh, Cambridge wasn't right. playing. And um, so, you know, credit to, to these two guys who I think are doing the best that they could. And one thing that I actually can appreciate, it puts pressure on Chris Boucher knowing that there is not going to be uh, minutes that you can just take away from someone like an Aaron Baines, which the minutes are there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it forces him to step it up now, yeah. right? To say, okay, I, I, can be, I can be benched in the fourth quarter, right. right? It's not a guarantee that I'm the lone big man on this team who can hold their own. And so I think uh, internal competition makes for a better team. It helps for player development um so I don't want to get into the weeds of that because I think we can save it for for another uh pod but um you know we were playing the San Antonio Spurs the return of DeMar DeRozan um which is always a delight uh to see yes I know Jakob Pertl, also someone who we love and appreciate but we got to talk about DeMar
1: Let's let's get on. Let's get on to that. Um, You had had mentioned last night to me after the game, the the good feelings that you experienced watching uh, Kyle and DeMar talk after the game or or maybe even before the game. Do you want to share that with our listeners as well?
0: Yeah, I, it it was nostalgic, right? I mean, for the season that, the type of season that we've had, uh, which has not been always amusing, um, and that's an understatement, uh, you need other storylines to kind of provide a level of, you know, solace, right? And DeMar DeRozan has been a big part of the, you know, the ascension uh, into relevance for the Toronto Raptors uh, until... Two thousand and eighteen when he was traded in the offseason, right? For Kawhi Leonard. And so uh I have seen DeMar's development, right? When he we were first drafted uh in uh from USC to the player that we have now who he has um you know, he has grown and he's kind of that branch of fruit uh from the tree of Kobe, right? A southern Cal kid and to see his development that a lot of it was in front of us in Toronto and to then also see um, his interactions or even him playing with an OG and a Pascal Siakam who were drafted by us and part of that early development period. And DeMar was the star on this team. And for his comments after the game to see that he enjoys and appreciative um, and has this kind of quasi mentoring relationship with, with many of them. During the off season uh when they train together this you know to to be very complimentary towards o g you know he joked jokingly said he was like stiff like a cardboard box right, and now to see his agility and his mobility uh with the ball uh, is is quite a a sight to see, and for us it's helpful because that gives us perspective right um as fans and um he's a he's always he, he, you know this. he's a, always a quality guy, so the type of season that we've had, I think you know requires us to kind of cling to some of the um the the v- more virtuous elements of the game, and one of that is you know guys like demar um luckily he didn't go off- so off on us last night <laughs> to ensure that uh we can still win, but it was great to to see that interaction though um. Uh, Kyle Lowry didn't play last night but uh, nevertheless uh the spirit of him with you know that spirit their friendship uh which uh it means a lot for us as as uh, um in terms of uh, our appreciation of the Toronto Raptors um is everything yeah it's not just something it is everything
1: right. um speaking of OG just for a quick sec before we get into last night's lineup for the Toronto Raptors uh, you were talking about how stiff and cardboard box like OG's moves were. Damar commenting on this. I'll tell you another person who's helped his development to be a little more flexible around the camera. Cape has something yes. with OG Ananobi. I don't wanna She's amazing. I don't want to call her an OG Ananobi whisperer, but there is there is some <laughs> chemistry between the two of them that Gives a little more smiles on the face of OG Ananobi. I'll just leave it there. Just putting that out there for our listeners. Um, last night's lineup, uh, starting lineup, reminded me of the jumbo lineup that we played That we played against the Philadelphia 76ers when we had, uh, at one point, Gasol, Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard – on the court at the same time. I think Pascal as well, Uh, just a monster lineup. And then Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet uh, kind of completing that lineup. Last night uh, we had Malachi Flynn was our sole, Uh our sole point guard. DeAndre Bembry wasn't even there, kind of our pseudo or quasi uh, quasi um, point guard, but we had Malachi Flynn, OG OG Ananobi, playing the two we had uh, Pascal playing the three, which you know what? I, I think that might be his most comfortable position. I could be wrong about that. And then we had Kem Birch along with Chris Boucher. Talk about a jumbo lineup, especially for this season with all the small ball we've had. Uh, and it started slow, but it, it worked out pretty well. Any thoughts about uh, that lineup? I'm not saying we're going to replace that uh, lineup, uh, sorry, the, the yeah. original starting lineup with, uh, with this lineup. But any thoughts about that lineup in particular?
0: Yeah, I think it gave an opportunity uh, in light of the uh, roster deficits that we had with Freddie um, Van Vliet being suspended and uh, Kyle Lowry still out of, for injury and Bembry and Gary Trent being out uh, due to injury. It gave Nick Nurse some, uh, you know, margin to be creative and, and and innovative. And we know that to be a huge trait for him and a strength. So I was surprised by the by the roster uh, configuration. And yet I also was excited to see what they can produce. And so it was interesting because there were certain matchups. Uh, so Pascal was actually guarding Devontae. Uh, murray which i i I was wondering why that was the case and but it made so much sense you know you have one of your lengthy agile defenders guarding their point guard to provide a a lot more disruption and you have your um og uh to kind of uh defend damar right who's your best one on one defender yep. so um it was fun to see um it was i was also impressed how Boucher and birch were playing yeah. together, yeah, yeah, um and I think you know you mentioned Pascal fitting well at that small forward position. I actually think chris Boucher fits also yes. very well in that power right position yep. for him, and it's very demanding on a day to day basis. I can understand. Um, And so he was a lot more creative um, and I think, you know, his energy level allowed him to also, you know, uh, be consistent on the boards. He had 12 boards last night and uh, he had five turnovers, which I'm, you know, I think people have made mention about his mistakes and lapses at the end of games at ad nauseum. So I'm not going to go into that, but uh, yeah, you're right. I think this also threw the San Antonio Spurs off uh, in that first quarter uh, though it was quite close, but after that, Bryce, we've we set. Yeah. We won the rest of the quarters: the third, the fourth, the, the the second, the third, and the fourth. And I think a lot of that yeah, had to do definitely. with our size.
1: Uh, is it just me, or does Patty Mills become Kyrie Irving when we play the San Antonio Spurs?
0: <laughs> Bryce, like whether he's Kyrie Irving or a poor man, Steph Curry, like this Gosh. guy gets hot quick um, is incredibly annoying and he's also a really great defender. So, um, my concern was how he would really get at, um, Malachi Flynn and he held his own, but I, there, it was a concern, right? He hit, um, about, I think he hit three threes in that, uh, in that first quarter, which I was like, okay, are we in right. for a long night? And, uh, uh, we were able to contain them, but nevertheless, it was, it was something in the back of my mind, especially when it came yeah. down to the fourth quarter.
1: Uh, I really liked how, you know, with six minutes to go, uh, we made a very tight game back and forth. Uh, I really liked that we got separation. Uh, we got it up to as much as 13-112-99 before we began to get quite sloppy – uh, similarly to the Cleveland yep. Cavaliers game when we got up big, uh, and I was a little worried that Chris Boucher couldn't f- uh, finish the game uh, because he was just so inept at times. He couldn't protect the ball. He couldn't catch the ball. He was, uh, you know, put his yeah, put his hands in the riding. cookie jar and yep. got a, a, a three free throws for Derek White. Uh, so that, that was tough to watch, but I think it's fair to say that Boucher is not one of our closers or is not going to be one of our closers uh, in, in games, whether it be this season or next season.
0: But, but, but Bryce in, in his defense, right. We're also playing without yeah. our top point guards. Fred is not on the court. Kyle is not on the court and Pascal was the, um, was the point guard uh that uh was that would you know uh, I would say spell yep. Malachi Flynn right so talk about big lineups when Mike, Malachi Flynn uh would sit down uh, whoever would replace him would be uh, Wanabe or uh, Rodney Hood yep. so talk about size Pascal was was our point guard and so again as someone who doesn't who's, who doesn't have the experience as a point guard um and put your big men in uncomfortable positions to make the necessary pass at crucial periods um you know th- uh, that's a learning curve for everyone um speaking of point guards thoughts on Malachi Flynn 16 points 4 for 15 didn't shoot it great 3 for 7 from the three point line got mm-hmm. to the line 5 for 6 seven assists uh and again zero turnovers i don't i, I don't I, in, you know, I'm not a Jose Calderon <laughs> truther, but having zero turnovers for a rookie point guard and seven assists uh, tells you something, right? It's not it's not a, it's not a ses- sexy stat in this day and age of ball handlers, but it it, it, it is quite key to, to indicate. Yeah, in I, the I mean,
1: this is two games in a row. I don't feel like outside of Patty Mills that there was a great – one-on-one defender that he had to face at the at the point guard spot, uh, even yeah. no no second even land. even Patty Mills as a defender, uh, while he's he's uh, quick-handed and quick-witted, I, I don't find him to be an intimidating guy uh, on the defensive end. Um, you know he likes to pick pockets um, when when he double teams, yep. and he can certainly. Uh, anticipate yeah. and run the lanes and, and intercepts and passes. But as a, a one-on-one ball defender against another point guard, it, it, he's not exceptional. I'm not saying he's bad. He's just not exceptional. Uh, but as you said, you play in the NBA for 25, 30 minutes as a point guard, and especially when you're a rookie and you don't turn over the ball twice, that is, uh gives you credibility um, and is certainly a stat – that if we continue to see is, is a blessing, uh, I, I think, to, to our team. Uh,
0: uh, and and I'm, I'll quickly mention that there were a, few, a couple of times um, that he made plays, Bryce. Um, it looks simple, but simplicity is, doesn't always come easy for, for yeah. some basketball players, right? It was a pick and roll yeah. with Ken Birch, top of the key. He, yeah. he patiently yeah. waited. Until he attracted Eubanks, which was the backup center for the San Antonio uh, Spurs, and then made the right uh, pass, bounce pass to Ken Burch. So all Ken Burch had to do, Bryce, was catch the ball, look up, and and make a short, what, five, uh, seven feet uh, hook shot layup, right? And he did that that again with uh, Gillespie. Uh, on the left side of the, uh, of the court that, that, and, and sometimes I'm on and we were on Pascal for, for some of his errant passes uh, in the last, you know, in the, this past week, right. To be like, slow down, attract the defender. And he did a little bit of that um, showcased in his six yep. assists last night, but with pass, but with Malachi doing it, I was because he would, you know he would. You know he would wait too long on one possession and the shot clock, and it would be a shot clock. You know, a call and turnover uh, for the team because he put the hand put the ball in the hands of mm-hmm. Chris Boucher, but then in the next very next play, he would make this kind of well orchestrated pick and roll play, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this kid, he he's yeah. got something.
1: Certainly, uh, his father feels validated, if nothing else, um, and I. <laughs> he's going yeah, off seriously. on
0: facebook he's been going off um, on um
1: but uh, no i i i think what you say about his patience in the lane and off that pick and roll uh, the last yeah a the runner, last four yeah. games has looked really good um and again i think you had mentioned in a previous pod just talking about reps and and you know getting that 10,000 hours in of of being in the pick and roll and making these yeah. decisions i also Really like it. his ability to shoot. Uh, whether it's a catch and shoot or whether it's off that screen uh, pick and roll, it's yeah. something that we've uh, had a lot of guys struggle with. Even Freddie, um, you know, I wouldn't say is mm-hmm, the greatest mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. shooter off that pick and roll. I think a lot of it has to do with his size. So he takes it to the to the basket, um, hoping to get contact and a foul. But uh, Malachi, you know, three, four, five inches taller than. Fred is able to get that off and it it looks good, man. I I like the trajectory of, uh, of, you know, his development right now. Um, Now we had mentioned earlier uh, the fact that we are in this jumbo lineup and that we only had one point guard in Malachi Flynn. I know that we had a couple point forwards uh, in, in, uh, in training with Pascal and OG but uh, Gary Trent Jr. was not playing in this game. But let me say that our guy still had game. Uh, this guy is coming out with some serious style. Um, and you are uh, saying that that he is uh, cut from the same cloth, no pun intended, to uh, a former Toronto Raptor. Do you want to talk about that at all?
0: Definitely Italian <laughs> cloth we're talking about here. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, again, a season that's been quite tough to get through. And so you kind of, uh, pick out different, some sub- subplots and, you know, and different themes and, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Has been, uh, a, you know, a, a, an exciting, a, a burst of new energy and blood to this squad and his drip, his, uh, aesthetic, um, uh, Flamboyance is yes, reminiscent of the uh, original man um, from the motherland, uh, Serge Ibaka. You know, but both and I, we, you and I know, with Serge, Serge is an is not about right. fashion, right? It's not about fashion statements or uh, you know, uh, uh, aesthetic uh, decor. Uh, he's meta and abstract as an artist, so I think he's he's still in a yep. different category. But Gary Trent n- knows that hey, he's not in Portland anymore, right? That Northwest region. He's 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 in he's a Toronto Raptor, right? And Toronto being uh, what it is and what it's become as a city, a global city, in the last what decade, um, you gotta come correct. And I think he's he's giving a trailer to um to fans that hey you know come next year when you know when the borders lifted and the Toronto Raptors can finally relocate back to the its city that oh he's not just someone that they just picked up he's not that uh you know uh, rigid uh, duke recruit um with the you know half ass fade that he had no 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 you know he's emerged at 22 23 into his own man still you know still growing still evolving but he he, he's gonna bring it and so uh bryce imagine this guy
1: oh my gosh
0: you know what i mean like imagine this guy when uh drake uh you know runs his his uh his annual um Uh, music festival in August, right? Imagine this guy all up in the the mix. Um, I think he's going to appreciate his time in Toronto. And so it gives him all the necessary incentive to re-sign that contract. I'm
1: also looking forward to a possible reunion uh, maybe next Uh year after the season when Chris Boucher invites Serge and Gary Trent to join him in Montreal. And you have uh you have a festival, wow. and they're they're touring the city, going to different uh, neighborhoods in the city. Uh, there's there's gonna be some hollers at this at this guy, man. Uh, uh,
0: I, I mean, one Montreal will never will never be the same when if, if, if not just if, but when Serge Ibaka, uh enters into that city. Um, but two, I don't think Gary, Gary Trent Jr. No. will be the same after a night in Montreal. And I think you can read yep. all
1: you need yep. in that. Story. Uh, it's a romantic city, man. Yep. Good luck, <laughs> it, it it woos you. <laughs> I, I've, I've had that feeling in Montreal before myself. Um, now before we, uh, close things off on this, uh, post game pod, uh, there's uh, a story that I think is, is fresh. It was released today that I oh, think we yes. need to share, knowing yeah. that we're talking about the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> uh, former San Antonio Spur, quite recently, uh, a guy who was waived this season, got picked up by the Brooklyn Nets. LaMarcus Aldridge made uh, a pretty massive and surprising announcement uh, today that he is retiring. And the reason for his retirement was because of an irregular heartbeat. And my gosh, as, as someone who, uh, whose brother, my brother has had irregular heartbeats many times in his life, uh, uh, revolving around sports. My brother, uh, had, uh, he fell on the field, uh, at, at one point in soccer, this is going back almost a decade now. Uh, it's scary stuff. You don't want to play with this stuff. And, uh, I felt for for Lamarcus, uh, knowing how much he loves the game, knowing that he wanted to go to a championship contender in Brooklyn, and now, uh, very abruptly, his season and career is coming to an end. Thoughts about Lamarcus?
0: Yeah, uh, Malika Andrews from ESPN uh, uh, stated that I, which I didn't know, when, back in two thousand seven. Uh, uh, Aldridge was diagnosed with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, which is a, an extra electrical pathway between your heart's upper and lower chambers that causes a rapid heart beat. Um, and, and especially in, in light of our global pandemic and uh, the, the actual effects that this virus can, can have, uh, and not and, and many scientists will say that they don't have all the necessary research to to know it's uh, both uh, long the long term yeah. effects. Right? We know the so the short term effects, but we don't know what the long term effects. This was a huge decision for him, and so um, our hearts, thoughts, prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, we the NCAA had an incident where a young man yeah. uh, collapsed and and had a, a, a irregular uh, heart uh, or cardiac uh, uh, um, con- uh, incident um, back, I think this was back in December, January. Yeah. And so uh, t- so to know for him to, you know, to weigh all his options and the, especially his decision to be waived by the San Antonio Spurs and to re-sign with Brooklyn Nets, so, you know, he had his sights on a yeah. championship, right? And so this would be his first championship or if, if Brooklyn ended up winning and so for him to make this call, kudos yeah. to him, um, knowing that he wants to be present in the lives of his partner and his uh, his children and his family. So um, not the easiest uh, decision to make. Uh, we didn't even – this came to a surprise. I don't think this came in even last no. night, this week. So I think Brooklyn Nets as a franchise and he and his own kind of uh, inner circle kind of kept us yeah. quiet. 2004, uh, 2005, I remember, uh, and he went two to the Portland Trailblazers. We were talking about him going number one for Bargnani, right? But we didn't go with Bargnani because he had a game very similar to that of Chris Bosh, who was still on the squad. He was an all-star. He was doing his thing. So uh, I think we missed out, you know, I think, you know, hindsight is 2020, but let's be honest, goodness gracious. uh, He could have been Raptor, but nevertheless, uh, as a, as a, uh, as a, as he enters into a new stage of his career, I think he will be known um, for being a quality dude uh, and uh, both on the court and off the court. And uh, I, we wish him all the best in this next uh, stage. And I think, You know, when you're you're, you retire from the NBA, but you never really retire from basketball. Right. So this could be a new chapter in his in his career um, and as he chooses where to navigate.
1: Yeah, well said. Uh, Yeah. Lots of uh, love, thoughts and prayers. Um, Great decision. Glad he felt uh, empowered to be able to make uh, this decision. For his own mm-hmm. health and for his family. Uh, well, let's, let's wrap it up there. We we got another game oh, tomorrow, boy. I oh, believe, boy. on Saturday. Oh boy! If I'm not mistaken. And uh, the, the, we have uh, what three or four games here, which are very winnable games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we also have Brooklyn coming up on a back to back. They're on a back to back when we play just to them. confirm. That actually could be we're interesting. Tomorrow, depending,
0: if you do. indeed. And it's against
1: the Orlando Magic. So, Ken Burch's former team. Former team, but no Aaron Gordon. So, the beef will not continue just yet until we travel to Denver. Um, so, yeah, uh, games just keep coming at us and we'll be ready. We know that the Raptors will be as well. Hopefully, we see the likes of Fred Van Vliet uh, and Kyle Lowry, uh, our Lord and Vliet. savior,
0: Van as Van well.
1: Yeah, Adam Silver, if you're listening, free you're listening. Fred
0: Van um,
1: Yeah, And uh, the next time we talk about the San Antonio Spurs, uh, let's have a quick word about uh, Greg Popovich and link him to Jack Armstrong. <laughs> I think they should be doing a, a fundraiser to, to get a haircut, and I'm sure they'd raise a lot of money league-wide and, and even uh, throughout the, the country of Canada and the United States. Uh, we could pick uh for them if if uh they were interested we could pick for them uh a, a charity a cause uh with with the See, you know who, with that haircut who, i'm sure their spouses mullet, who, would be, would be very grow, happy
0: as well who, who can grow the longest that's that's probably an interesting competition and then and then you you have them cut <laughs> it when it reaches when it goes too far and then that that you know you can raise char you know charity dollars for it
1: All right, man, we'll enjoy your Thursday night. A big one, actually. We got the WNBA draft coming up. I know that uh, you'll be very interested in where Ari McDonald goes. So please, uh, listeners, tune into that. Uh, I know for both my daughter and myself, I'll be watching the draft for the first time. Very excited about it. Very interested. Uh, The WNBA also released... They're jerseys, new jerseys for the season, and uh, this will be the first year. Uh, my family and I are going to buy WNBA jerseys of uh, the Canadian players in the league, uh, something we probably should have done long ago, but we're, we're committed to it this year. Really want to back them, so take in the WNBA uh, draft, uh, buy yourself a jersey if you want to support the Canadian women, in the WNBA and of course the league hopefully we will see uh, a team in Toronto in the WNBA that would be amazing it would certainly put uh, Zai you and I at work <laughs> a little more we'd probably have to do or we I would definitely want to do a WNBA podcast regardless enjoy your Thursday night whatever you get up to and we'll talk to you soon peace <music>